answer that question by asking you two questions. One, is this or is this not? Chasing history. Jake Larson. I needed to find this Shaka Khan song. I couldn't think of the name of it, and so I had to stop in the middle of the sidewalk. And two-time Nebraska walk-on tryout participant Colton Stone. <laughs> I'm putting a 12-6 that only has a 12 right at the batter's head. <laughs> yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Good morning, beautiful people. It's 10 a.m. on a Friday. You know what that means. It's Chasing History Time, and it's the inaugural episode of Season 2. Um, I'm surprised we even made it to a Season 2. I'm surprised we made it to an Episode 2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised we made it to the postseason last year. Whether we, you know, We're not going to release whether yeah, we Yeah, we had won. to win the wild card game. We had yeah. to win the tiebreaker. The Aiton Dayton. Um, I'm Colton Stone. He's Jake Larson. Uh, for anyone that's new, the whole point of our show is uh, Jake made it and I'm just here. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Karen, you still down? So we are pre-recording this one, but hopefully by next week we are back on live air. Fingers crossed. Hope to God. I don't know. I don't. I, I think I, just Rick just really wants us out of the studio. I think that's my theory on this whole thing. <laughs> hey, we're moving you to the actual live broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, let's just let's just let's, let's shut, just keep him. Let's just keep him out of it for the whole semester. Only on Fridays. Only at ten a.m. is it closed. Um, we have no other time, so I like that strategy. Right. All right. Special episode. Yes. Uh, we've got the first Husker game tomorrow. Scott Frost debut as the man wearing the headset. Well, let me start with this. Sorry. How are you this morning? <laughs> you know, I will say this. Uh, I do understand you having more of a... Yeah, Scott Frost's first game at Nebraska being a higher priority than uh, my feelings. <laughs> I totally understand that. So don't feel bad. Um, I don't. But, I'm just making yeah, sure I, I, I get that get it out of the way. Well, good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just want to say I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm really excited for this episode. Excited for this new show. Um. And my volume might be a little bit low, but that also could just be me. Um. No, you you're getting okay. good peaks there. All right, sweet. It's so, not yeah. like that time I I didn't turn your mic on and you just yeah. kept telling me to jack it up. Yeah, you <laughs> had no idea what was going no. on. Anyway. So just to introduce what we're going to be doing today, this is a special episode, and no, we're not going to teach you uh, not to do drugs. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to be, Maybe. with the start of the season, <laughs> I mean, uh, with the start of the Husker season uh, tomorrow, we're going to be counting down um, both of our own individual top 25 of all time Nebraska football players. And um, yeah, I don't think there's much more than that, though, um, with that being such a big episode, um, I I'll still try to maybe fit in a baseball reference, but uh, no baseball reference game today. We, you know, I'll try to fit a couple in. I'll check what's who, who's up on the list. Yeah, okay. um, Jamal Lord is no fill in the blank. You know, I wonder if I wonder if uh, Jamal Lord played baseball uh, in high school. I feel like he would have been pretty good. Second base. Center field. I was, yeah, I was thinking center. I was thinking center. Isn't that what? Uh, but he had a weak arm. He had a pretty. He had a Johnny Damon arm, though. Probably just. Like is, isn't that where Crawford football. played before? Uh, he played center, right? And he was going to commit to play quarterback at Nebraska. Yeah, he committed to play quarterback at Nebraska, and he would have been starting before Jamal, or like in front of Jamal Lord. Would have been around the, the same, same time, time, right? It was like the same time. He probably would have started over him, Jamal Lord's second year, mm-hmm. and um, maybe unless. Because Crouch was that was right before Crouch finished, right? Actually, now that I think about it, um, 
Callahan came in and went to West Coast, and so I don't know what Crawford would have done because hmm. he would have started probably. Um, yeah, I think so. Either way. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. He probably would have started around Jamal Lord. I, don't I, know. I guess I'd probably put you on the spot there. I, I don't remember when Crawford was going to play here because guess what? He didn't He didn't play here. And I temporarily forgot how to search uh, how old Jamal – or um, how old Carl Crawford was. So, yeah, that just was kind of a You bad just thing. have a laptop open and you just – I'm just kind of looking at who's on the list today for all these baseball references. We've got some – we got some. We got some pretty good ones. people that I know, or is it just gonna be random people? No, we got we got two that you one you definitely know, and if you don't, then I'm finding a new host. So, co-host, or you can just do this show by yourself. I'll teach you how to run the board, so I don't have to be here. <laughs> that was a low blow. All right, so yeah, I think we should just get this started. Uh, Colton, uh, any honorable mentions that you had? I I have three honorable mentions. Um. Didn't want to make it the top 28. That sounded weird. Yeah. Honorable mention from from last to first honorable mention, I had Jerry Taggy. I think um, that's mostly for Keith, but it's also because, I mean, he won. He's a national championship quarterback. I don't I don't think you can take that away from him. Um, that'll obviously never change. And if I remember correctly, um, he was like one of the first quarterbacks to throw, I think, for 2,000 yards, if I'm if I'm correct. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I kind of feel like y- you have to have all the national championship quarterbacks on the list, personally. Um, Nate Swift, just because he's probably one of the best receivers um, of that era, of, of that like mid-2000s era. Um, it was the combination of him and Maurice Purify that dazzled – uh, the receiving core. I, I almost put Maurice Purify in here, but I, I couldn't find a justifiable reason to actually put him on the list because he was a JUCO transfer. Um, other than I just love Mo Purify and the number 16 jersey I have at home. It doesn't say Purify in the back, but whenever I wore it, like I got it when Mo Purify was wearing the number. So um, I, I guess he would be number 29 for me. And then uh, we were just talking about him. Jamal Lord is an honorable mention just because it's Jamal Lord. So... Mm-hmm. Who do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, it was a really tough list to make, and oh, yeah. so like I really, I really wanted like Jerry Taggy. I really wanted him on there. I just Dave I couldn't Hung. find a spot. No, yeah, he, I mean he was you know he was a good enough to be in the NFL for as long as he was, um, and also with my list though I made one exception to this rule. I usually I started um, players after the '60s around mm-hmm. around Bob Devaney's start, um, just because that. Um, that's when football became kind of what the sport it is today, and before that, it's really hard to judge players. Well, I mean, look, think of this too. I I did the math the other day. There have been, if I remember, if I counted correctly, seven coaches. Ironically, Scott Frost wore number seven, but seven coaches from Devaney to now, and Nebraska's had like forty-two total coaches or something like that. So it's like think about all the guys that were just like, let's figure out what football is. And then they like were here for two years and then left. So I mean, football at least at Nebraska. I know other places is a little different, but football at Nebraska really started like with Devaney. So, mm-hmm. and so yeah, like I said, I made one exception, but I did want to give out a um, a shout out for um, the two big ones were Bobby Reynolds, um, who was a halfback uh, in 1950, and he was kind of like he was a legend um, back then, being an offensive player and being one of the best they'd had up at that point. And then, um, like I said, with a couple others, um, 
I already mentioned some newer guys, but then, yeah, another big one was Tom Novak, one of two guys at Nebraska to get his jersey permanently retired. But the problem is is that he, um, when his jersey was retired, Nebraska had a much lower standard for football at that time, mm-hmm. and so they couldn't have gone back later and played like, hey, Tom, you actually weren't that good. We're going to like put that number back into use. And so that couldn't have happened. But the fact that he, um, he finished... Um, with that high of an accolade, I feel like he was worth a mention. So let's get it started. Uh, all right. Now, now you know the show's really delicious. All right. Do you want to start first with your twenty-five? Do we want to? Do we want to go like one at a time? Yeah, we'll like do I'll one say at a time. whatever. Yeah. Twenty-five for me was kind of. I got stuck. There were a lot of guys that I morally couldn't put at 25, mm-hmm. hence my honorable mentions. And I guess I could have thrown Jerry Taggy at 25 out of respect. But I, the research I did, I was going off of other people's lists. I was going off my own research. I was going off just like what, what not mainstream players were, but kind of like who had the best success also after Nebraska. But like I tried to hone in on what they did at Nebraska. So... My 25 is Corey Schlesinger. I can never pronounce his last name. Schlesinger? Is that Corey right? Schlesinger, yep. Yeah, close enough. Um, just when it when it comes to the uh, position of fullback, mm-hmm. I mean, who who? There's, there's only about two other guys you can really think of. Um, and he, he played an integral part in the rushing game. And I feel like I, I, don't, I don't really have a reason for why I put him at 25, but he, I will say, other than he kind of deserves to be there i guess nebraska while they they're kind of notorious for never you know running the fullback mm-hmm. um i like historically since that's a big position for them they've always had a lot of really good fullbacks and especially in the terms of blocking and being able to catch up with the uh halfback and the option and being able to block in front of them and Corey schlesinger was one of the most aggressive blockers i've ever seen um there's a lot of video of him about every game in the NFL, he would break his face mask because he would like he was so aggressive with his blocks, and he just he played with a lot of heart, and mm-hmm. that that I understand where you put him. He's a three, he was a three time Pro Bowl alternate. Mm-hmm. I feel like as a fullback, you you're not you're not gonna make it. Yeah, it's Pro just Bowl, impossible. Really. Also, um, also he was in the he was in the conference at the same time as Mike Alsot, and Alsot, oh, yeah. and people are gonna look at the rushing fullbacks first. And he was a good one, and so that's why. Um, another part of the reason I kind of lean to it, obviously he had uh, two fourth-quarter touchdowns in 95 in that Orange Bowl win. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an all-Big 8 honorable mention, and then he was a co-lift for, co-lifter of the year in 93. Right, so. so for me, um, my 25, um, like I said, I wasn't going to put any older guys because football is such a different sport. But he being in this guy, being in the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame as well as the College Football Hall of Fame, I really had no choice but to put him on the list. And so nine, number 25 is Guy Chamberlain. So I think that's all that really needs to be said about that one. He was one of the best ends in uh, Nebraska history, I'd say. Let's, let's do it this way. If I start and you go second, you start the next one. All right. Snake so draft? It's a 24. snake draft, yeah. right? All yeah. right. My 24 is Scott Frost. It really <laughs> pained me to put him that low, but there's just 20, it's just one of those things where there's 23 guys that are better than him. So... Any reason why you put him so low? Other than there, you think there's 23 above him? Because um, a couple of guys I put below him, no, like I said, 20, 22 through 24 are kind of personal belief for me. But Yeah, and I, I, yeah, and I 
yeah, it was just. just you just don't it like just, him, I guess. I yeah, I don't know. It's just like I said, <laughs> this is this was not an easy. You got to remember too, a lot a lot of these guys that are gonna going to end up on at least one of our lists may have only started for two years were JUCO transfers may, you know, they're there. I mean, there are a lot on here that are four year starters, but not, not many because you look at the nineties, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you like, you'd have quarterbacks that were already there. And so they're like, you're not starting until you're a junior or you're not, st- you know what I mean? So like, there's, there's a lot of guys that were only two, three year starters. So the numbers don't always line up either. I'm going to keep it real with you, Chief. I've just, like, been looking through my list and trying to see if I've accidentally put anyone twice or I have, like, two number 11s. <laughs> I probably should have proofread this earlier, but no. And so, That's why yeah. I did mine last night. All right. Awesome. And then, so what's your 23? My, you mean 24? Oh, you're 24. I my thought, 24 is yeah. Alex Henry. Ooh, that's I know that it's low. high. Well, I, For me, I had him. But, higher. I mean, in comparison to other players in Husker history. And also, yeah, and at the same time, too, you think about it, and it's like... But in 2009-2010, he was single-handedly the MVP of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. <laughs> but also, my, my, I guess I can see that because at the same time, when when a girl be checking you out, and she asks what uh, position you play, and you're, and you're like, kicker. kicker. She's like, oh, I'll go talk to... Might as well talk to the water boy. <laughs> um, but... You know, he. I, if I remember correctly, he still holds the record for the longest field goal in school history uh, made in school history. College football's most accurate kicker of all time. Yep. And then uh, 2010, I think it's the year he got drafted, but they came back for the ceremony. He, he won uh, kicker of the year, college football kicker of the year, and then Audie Kanalik won kickoff specialist of the year. I watched. Well, I was telling you that the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I, I think it's reasonable to have him in the top 25 just based on – I mean, th- think of all the kickers that have come through. You've got the Brown brothers that came through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, you, you've had guys that you could put. But, I, I mean, Alex Henry is just all class. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, 23, I don't think this is really a surprise or personal belief that much, but 23, I have Amir Abdullah. Mm-hmm. And the reason I put him there is I can't – Again, a lot of this is I can't morally put them higher. I feel like than where I put yeah, them. I but that. Amir Abdullah is the uh, I think I think he's the all-purpose uh, yardage holder, a record holder for Nebraska. Still one of the best running backs they've had at and least that was in the two thousand. And, and also, not only that, um, he did that with with at least in comparison to the other offensive lines they had. Yeah, it was like he was running with wet paper bags blocking for him. So it's just like. <laughs> and then you you know you've got like late game heroics that he had when he's uh, oh the McNeese State, against, against which that's McNeese a thing. State. That's the thing with him too is that Amir Abdullah was playing for some teams where they were they had a have a game winning touchdown against McNeese State. So. And then you look at the guys that he had to follow up. You know he was playing this uh, right after Rex Burkhead. Right before Rex Burkhead was Roy Hulu who ran really mm-hmm. well. So like. Uh, and then you had the the Brandon Jackson, that four-headed monster that they had early mm-hmm. in the 2000s. So when you look at 2000s running backs, like Amir Abdullah sticks out yeah. more all, than anybody else. In, in a, yeah, and those, in were, a good and those guys were all good, very good. Yeah, and they all had all, pretty decent offensive all, lines too. All were on my huge list that I had of just like good players. And right. So that's just something. So my 23 was Junior Miller greatest tight end in nebraska history and i believe he was rookie of the year in the nfl if not i know he had a couple pro bowls we have technology so well (laughs) i'm just like not feeling i'm not feeling hey what did you do 
Uh, you just, yeah, just double check. Antsy. Let me just double check this here. Honestly, Junior Miller, that name went right over my head. Yeah. Um, what year did he play? So he played at Nebraska late um, 76 to 79. Oh, yeah, that's first, why. First year All-American, or uh, first team All-American in 79. And then his first two years in the NFL, he was pro bowler. So, but he's and only, I'm not like he's only discrediting the, him. I just like yeah, league. Know. He's only in the league for four years. And um, But no, my number 22, however, is Amir Abdullah. So we're kind of seeing him in the same spot. And like I said, I have to agree with you on everything there. He was just the best in a long string of running backs. Um, so that's why I have him at 22. And especially when they went from, you know, quarterbacks that are running to option where you had multiple running threats and then they went to a true like almost eye formation mm-hmm. um and those yeah. kind of setups like he just he he just was amir abdullah like that's that's he, there's no really other way um to put it frankly um at 22 i have turner guild again i m- morally i could have put him lower i i could have like felt myself putting him lower um but i mean i'm, I'm not gonna release anything but obviously i haven't said a certain um it rhymes with schmott schmost, but uh, I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna keep it real with you. I don't have him on my list. You don't have Turner Gill. That's not like that. I don't think that's you know that's not a crime by any means. But I mean, it's just like you're talking about the most winningest college football program in the last fifty years, and so mm-hmm. it's really hard to you know keep all these guys together. Yeah, that's the thing is, and everyone's top twenty-five. I mean, would be different. Like you, mm-hmm. because it depends. Like. Are, are you looking at more like, look how good the guys in the trenches were? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to put four offensive linemen in the top 10, you know, well, which you can reasonably spoiler, do. Spoiler alert. And then for me, I um, think I have like three. Um, so then, and that oh, was, do you want me to do 21? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, 21. I have Trev Alberts. Um, for me, I have Aaron Taylor. Uh, okay. All American. Uh, I think twice. That sounds um, right. Yeah. Even though for, I, I, I've never gotten a reason for this cause he seemed to have good size but he was drafted in the seventh round and he never played in the nfl and i oh, he never i thought he did or he was like on a practice squad oh, but he okay. never played a game but i just hmm. he was on a practice squad like the year after but he was drafted in the last round and um i never was able to figure out what the reasoning behind him being so low was and like i said i've looked at his you know his numbers i mean he was best center in the country on a national championship team and it, yeah i just was never able to figure that out but as much as I, I factored in pro stuff a little bit, but still, Try he did so too, well. Man. He stood so well in college that he has to be on the list. Mm-hmm. Who's your twenty? My number twenty. Uh, in my opinion, the greatest fullback in Nebraska football history, Tom Rathman, and also a ninety-nine overall in uh, <laughs> NCAA football 06 on one of the historical teams. And so, uh, yeah, Tom Rathman just is overlooked because that's what happens with a lot of Nebraska fullbacks, but he does have just about every single rushing record for Nebraska fullbacks. Nearly got a uh, thousand rushing yards for them, which is unheard of for Nebraska. And not only that, but he was just a really, really good blocker and was a big part of the cornfield backfield that would later happen. And I would say he was the better between him and Roger Craig. So, uh, Number 20, Scott Frost for me. Yeah. Um, I- Again, uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. My 20 to 25 was kind of a, not a toss-up, but you could have – there were movable pieces. I'll, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Once I get inside the top 20, I'm a, I'm a little more kind of set with where I'm at. But um, national championship quarterback, first quarterback to throw for 1,000, rush for 1,000. It's just mm-hmm. Scott Frost. And, you know, he's going to – 
he's going to take this program back to the promised land. Um, at least according to people that were asking him at fan day, there was a kid probably, I mean, younger than you and I, like I, I say kid about people that are like our age, but he was an actual kid that said, are you, I think he said, are you going to save Nebraska? <laughs> and Scott Frost kind of like laughed a little and looked at him. And he goes, well, uh, that's what we're going to try to do. And I don't know. I just think, again, it's it's hard to judge it's, him as a full player of, because yeah. he he transferred back from Stanford. Um, but if he if he would have came here and what would that have been ninety four ninety five like he wasn't gonna start anyways. Mm-hmm. It still would have been Tommy. Yeah. Now would he have maybe been the number two behind Frazier instead of Berenger? Maybe. But you could argue that. But, I think you could definitely. But Berenger because Stanford, was a very Stanford tried to turn him into a, the quarterback that he you know. I don't know. It's yeah. It's just one of those what if things. Because so, Brooke Berenger was still a great quarterback. Yeah, it's he, not like he wasn't. It's just that I mean, he kept there was that a team. guy by the name of Tommy Frazier in front of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like uh, with Berenger, uh, he kept that team undefeated. Oh, even yeah. though he wasn't seven he was, straight, even though he seven was, straight wins. Even though from what I've watched from him, he seemed to be a little bit more of a pro style quarterback that just happened to be from the state of Nebraska, which is why you yeah know, they just picked everyone from Nebraska no matter what. <laughs> well, I remember. I don't remember what year it was, but the stat was like 106 of 176 players on the roster mm-hmm. were from the state of Nebraska. Now, first yeah. of all, that 176 was like that's a lot. That's, of, that's a lot of football players. Um, I think I was on that team. That's a, yeah, I I was. I remember. Um, wow. I'm more, we on 19? My 19? Yeah, I think so. Levante David. Um, yeah, that's another one. I don't have him there, but it's pretty close. Uh, the reason I have him at 19 is there are a couple linebackers that I have in front of him wait so you have tre- uh him in front of trev alberts yeah and the reason the- that's a hot take i don't think it's that hot maybe oh, oh, i don't know i would say it's a pretty hot take um but the reason i have levante there most tackles by a two-year player um yeah. i'm gonna see that which he still holds that record as far as i know and he just i mean he came in and like you said we talked about this his highlights aren't necessarily He's just like wow. He just is. It he just is a linebacker. Yeah, he just it wasn't is a like he was one of those. Of it wasn't like when you watch videos of like uh, Ray Lewis or um, oh, is it? Uh, Terrell. Th- no, there's a there's a guy I remember hearing about in the fifties who would just run up in front of players and then drop his elbow, or like his drop his shoulder pad right in front of him and like knock everyone out. Jeez. Um, not Levante. I'm gonna have to figure this out because you need to. Anyone who's listening, um needs to figure this guy out i'll search it in the meantime figured me out you figured me out okay so we're at uh 19 we're at 19 yep all right so mine this is my hot take okay 19 jim scow (laughs) yeah so i looked at the 1943 um 80s actually (laughs) so yeah same year whatever so I was looking at when I was trying to find some spaces for uh, for some of these players. I was looking at all time records, and I looked at um. I looked at and I just was looking at the defensive records to see mm-hmm. if there's anyone I was missing there because we always tend to look at quarterbacks and running backs first. But I looked in like just about every single record with tackles, fumbles, recoveries, forced fumbles. It seemed to be from Jim Scow. Mm-hmm. And well, he played on. I mean, he played in the eighties. I mean, which, which says something. Yeah, no pushover. Yeah, and like he was playing with you know Neil Smith and some other guys, and they, that was a good defense. And he was the best of them. And I just felt like 
I don't know why we don't bring them up more when you look at pure statistics. So, I mean, that's what our show's about, right? Or exactly. it's supposed to be at least. Hopefully, yeah, this year. That's what our show's about is chasing history. So, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like that's the title. Um, yeah, almost. Uh, who do you have at eighteen? Eighteen, Rich Glover. I have Rich Glover higher than that, but I mean, but yeah, I think what really stands out about him. Are you familiar with his numbers from the game of the century? Once you say him, probably, but... 22 tackles as a defensive tackle. <laughs> 22. That's fly-around linebackers like Levante David can't do that, and he was a defensive... And Levante this, David, like, racks up exactly, like, like almost I said, 15 tackles a game. He's a fly-around linebacker. Rich Glover, his whole thing is just to snap, or just to break up the line, and he was able to get 22 tackles. Now, yeah, it was a different game. They ran the football more, but still. That's we, that's one of the most unbelievable statistics I've ever heard. We always joked around at uh, the Journal Star about like cars that coaches would drive, and they were I think they were talking about Diaco, like driving a, a T-top Firebird, wearing, yeah. a, wearing a Rich Glover jersey, a big <laughs> 70, like a mesh 79. Oh, I... I would do it. That's how I'm trying to be, honestly. I couldn't find one online. I think we're just going to have to They're make one. They're not for sale, I guess. We're going to have to make one. So. They can't profit off of players, personally. Hey, well, we won't have the name on the back. That's <laughs> totally legal, suddenly. All right. Uh, and so who was your A-team, I believe? Uh, he is the current linebackers coach, Barrett Rude. Um, he was another one that was really hard cut. Uh, he was... You didn't put him on the list? No, but it was a really hard cut. I And he the reason good. I have him above Trev Hours, I just think as a four-year starter, Barrett, I mean, Barrett Root is arguably, and he still, he still leads for, I think it's just, it might just be tackles by a linebacker, but it might be tackles overall. I, I can't remember quite the stat. But he had like almost 500 tackles in four years. Mm-hmm. My, and, my thing with that, though, is that he was the one guy on some pretty weak defensive teams. Yeah. He was on the 2002 team, which was one of the worst defensive teams Nebraska's ever had. And then 03, they, they jumped up because Pelini was the defensive coordinator. Yeah, and they and then the, he just made those guys Jay killers. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dude, Jay Moore was the best. And so, yeah, that's... I, I But I totally see it if based on pure numbers, but the reason I had him off was just that's what's going to happen when no one else can tackle on your team is you're going to get a lot of tackles. <laughs> so then for you my... take it back. And then so uh, 17... Yep, 17. So 17 for me, Prince Mukamara. You did put him on the list. I know oh. I sent it to you kind of as a joke, but I'm he was, you know, he was in he was a highly regarded yeah. highly regarded cornerback, arguably the best that Nebraska's ever had. Um so I was looking through corners cuz Nebraska's had plenty of great defensive backs in their time, there's no question about that. Um when it comes to just, you know, just shut down corners, just breaking down the pass game, I couldn't see one that was better than him. So there you go. Uh, 17 for me is Dean Steinkuller. Fumble Ruski. 17? Yeah. I have him way higher. You do have him higher? Yeah. Well, I have Rich Glover higher than you had Rich that's, Glover. That's so I, yeah. I, I I get it. So. Uh, Dean so Steinkuller, Fumble Ruski. There you right, go. There you go. 16, Levante David. I, okay. We made that once again. Pure linebacker. He didn't have hard hits, but he would just wrap you up and take you down, and he'd just do that all game in you know, I mean, as much as people want to see highlights, they really more want to see wins. So, and that's what he did. He was just kind of a winner for that team. So, uh, number sixteen, Jason Peter, probably the second to third best lineman on one of the greatest defensive lines, probably of all time. Mm-hmm. That's I get. Yeah, that's a 
Um, third, third and sacks, yeah, I'd say the second 90, and tackles. You could argue the 97 team was best defensive line Nebraska's ever had. I mean, obviously, 95 is, was pretty good, too. But well, yeah, everything was, everything was good, yeah, was good clicked, about that team. But right. just I think that you could say the reason that Nebraska made it to the national championship in 97 was based largely on, on their defense. Yeah, mm-hmm. Grant Wistrom, uh, yeah, the Brown, uh, the Browns, uh, Ralph and Mike. I believe, um, yeah, Mike was on that team. I think so. Yeah, Mike was definitely on that team. Actually, I think um, he was a sophomore. Rucker might have, that might have been his. That wasn't junior Rucker's, year. That junior was junior year. year. Yep. And then of course Grant Wistrom was on. So there you too. can yeah we can yeah he was playing behind Wistrom and Peter and Mike Rucker was still like, I mean yeah. Rucker Wistrom Peter. That was honest. That was actually my defensive line in uh, NFL Street. And, like, <laughs> seriously, it would just tear everyone up. And then sometimes I'd bring out John Perella since he was a good two-way player in yeah. NFL Street because he was big so he could block too. Um, no, and, you know, the the only guy that Jason Peter was really behind was Grant Wistrom. So mm-hmm. I, and he was the number six overall pick, and he was a solid NFL alignment for years and years. Yep. So that's who I have at 16. Right, so my 15, Omaha boy, Amon Green. Okay. I have him on green higher, but absolutely. I mean, he was just the prototypical speed back. Like, yeah, he just, yeah. And it like, but like, it wasn't like he couldn't break tackles and he couldn't juke guys out. He could easily do that too. But especially when he if you gave Nighthawks. him, if you gave him a lane, if you gave him a lane, he was gone. Mon green. Uh, and, and obviously uh, I, illustrious might be the wrong word, but he had a, he had a pretty lengthy NFL career too. Um, with yeah. the Packers and, yeah, absolutely. Really he neat. had multiple Pro Bowls. Uh, yeah. 2003, four season, he was the NFL's leading rusher too. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I'm on Green definitely. Uh, I, again, I have him higher, but uh, 15. My 15 is Tom Rathman. Um, I know you kind of mm-hmm. already went over what, why you had him on your list. Basically, best same for me, but yeah, less, best, we've had a lot of fullbacks, and he was one that could block, but he also had a running game with him too. So. Yeah, and when it came down to. Uh, Rathman, Schlesinger, and, and Makovica. It was kind of hard to pick which two were going to make the list um, just because I didn't want all three on there. And like you said, Rathman, probably the best fullback in, in history. Obviously, the fullback is dying out, so it's, yeah. it's uh, a Frost, name that sticks Frost out is not going to use a fullback, which is kind of sad. But I know, especially I, coming from I him. Honestly, I feel, yeah, especially from him, but I kind of feel like what's going to happen because he wants to incorporate the Oregon offense but with Husker power is like his kind of his thing. I kind of Wish see bone. eventually, I kind of eventually hit see him uh, putting in a fullback on run plays just to block up front. Yeah, I could see him do something if if it's ever under center. I I mean I wouldn't be surprised if they incorporated some actual option from under center. I like, just honestly, whenever I think of fullbacks, though, I just think of with, <laughs> this is our last episode after I say this, but in Waterboy when they have. Bobby Boucher as linebacker and he just kills everyone. <laughs> Every he just yeah everyone's coming he just absolutely destroys everyone when he's blocking for the running back like it's like that's what Nebraska used to be when I see that that brings a tear to my eye when I see that so that was fifteen correct yep all right so fourteen for me Eric we went Crouch. from a snake draft to just going back yeah. and forth it just doesn't matter yeah Eric Crouch for agreed me. I actually have him at fourteen oh seriously yeah okay I was I, when I texted you I said you said not top ten which. You could reasonably put him at ten because he was a Heisman winner, and then I texted. And not only that, but he was really twelve and fourteen. And originally I had him at twelve, but I moved him down. He was originally the only guy. He was really like he was the only guy on that offense. Oh yeah. And but he almost at the didn't same play time, on the offense either. That's the thing that's besides, is like that's why he's he at just, fourteen. You, you sometimes you kind of 
question like how much he really put into it. The loyalty. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is too, obviously, I mean, he won a Heisman. They 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 went to a national title game that they questionably were playing in. Um but also it didn't yeah. go well. But that's that Miami team is arguably the second greatest team of all mm-hmm. time. So I don't that that Miami team had backups that got drafted and played lengthy careers in the NFL. Exactly. So. And my and what I see too with Eric Crouch is we look back on his career. First of all, the big thing is a lot of people say he might be the worst Heisman winner of all, one of the worst Heisman winners of all time. Oh yeah. In the BCS well, era, in the I BCS, can think of a few other ones. In but. the BCS era, a lot of people have said that in that time span, he was the worst. Like pretty much, that's almost across the board. He was the worst in that time. I know that guy from Oklahoma that no one remembers. <laughs> and then, um, you see, I don't remember. I, I mean, I guess so. You know who it is? Do you know his name? Jason something. Jason, was it Jason White? Jason White, yeah, yeah. It was Jason. White. I don't know why he. I thought you were. I thought you were making a Baker, uh, Baker Mayfield joke. No. Um, but no, the other Baker thing too is it. you have YouTube and everything, and everyone looks back and you look at Scott Frost or um, excuse me, Eric Crouch highlights, and you're like, wow, you know, 105 yard touchdown against Missouri, um, trucking that guy from Iowa. He wasn't always that consistent. That's mm-hmm. the thing. You look at highlights, and that gives you a completely different look at how a player performed. Yeah, and I th- I think, you know, whenever – and this comes into effect with, like, high school recruiting and stuff, too, and people are like, look at these highlights. Look at what they did. It's like, okay, but you have to look at it as a whole body of work, too. Like, you can't just look highlights at Highlights are, are what you want to see if you're like, oh, I'm getting really jazzed for something. But mm-hmm. you're not, you can't look that, at it you and You can't go, judge a player on it. This is – yeah, because for every, you know, flashy, really good play – there's probably two or three that were kind of like, hmm, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And that was the thing with Eric Crouch. He was a very flashy player. Crouch down was, the sideline. But he was very just inconsistent. Uh, 14. Also, hold on. So Jason White, I want to talk about history. All right. I think the only reason, okay, other than Jason White threw for almost 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. Are you going to talk about why he didn't go to the NFL? I'm going to talk like, about why he shouldn't have won the Heisman. Oh, okay. Because there was a guy, you know, he's he's pretty well known, I guess, behind him. Larry Fitzgerald, um, as a sophomore, who had ninety two catches for almost seventeen hundred yards and twenty two touchdowns. No, oh, yeah, he was an absolute monster in college. And I think the only one of the reasons, and people have said this, because even before, um, I'm trying to think, until two thousand seven, when until Tebow won as a sophomore, there were never a, it was juniors, it was and, juniors and seniors. Yeah. It was, and even before then, it was. Like voting a junior was almost sacrilegious. Like or, exactly, or uh, I think I said the right word. But mm-hmm. either way, I think it's, it's just like it was going against all logic. Where they they viewed the Heisman, and I still kind of do this. People view the Heisman as a, a four year award, mm-hmm. where that's why you were getting awarded as a senior, which I agree with to an extent. Which is why I don't I don't like freshmen getting it because it's like, what if the next year they just you know, all hell Even breaks Lamar, loose. Lamar Jackson should have won it again, but, though, but whatever. Yeah, but, but here's the other big thing too is you look at the Heisman Trophy as like the peak of college football, and you want guys that Who really are that peaking em, in college, or football. not only that, but embody college mm-hmm. football. And so here's the two guys that you're looking at: a senior quarterback from Oklahoma mm-hmm. versus a sophomore wide receiver out of Pitt. And people are like, "That's, I mean." 
Okay, so does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it's like yeah, it, people are you know that a quarterback from, wasn't bad like in the early two thousands. But mean, they're they, not they're not Oklahoma, they're not Oklahoma and a Oklahoma. wide receiver isn't Didn't, a quarterback. Two thousand the team. Two thousand three. I don't think Oklahoma went to the title, but they were just like a they year were, or two out from it. And not only that, they're just such a prestigious program. But, but you look at. I know we're getting way off topic here, but BJ Simons from Texas Tech, um, that same year, four hundred and seventy completions, seven uh five thousand eight hundred and thirty three yards, fifty two touchdowns and twenty two interceptions. Almost six thousand yards, but you know why he didn't win it? One, because he probably played for a really bad Texas Tech team. And uh two Because that system offense. Every, everyone in front of him are like people that ended up playing in the NFL. In the other thing too with Jason White that I my favorite fact the reason he didn't go to the NFL his knees were so bad that his senior year when he won the Heisman they ran every play out junior of the year. they ran every play out of the shotgun mm-hmm. because his knees were so he bad couldn't that he could drop back yeah. that's that's bad yeah so well I, and then he finished like third in the Heisman voting the next year his senior year mm-hmm. but that's because Matt Leinart finished sixth the year before and then he won it so all right so thirteen <laughs> back to our real list thirteen Irving Fryer I mean okay. Unbelievable player. You want me to go? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if you had more to go. Uh, 13, I got double deuce Ralph Brown. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a good pick. An, an integral part of, of the secondary. Probably one of, one of if not the best uh, defensive backs in, in Nebraska history. Um, not really much more to say about Ralph. He's just it was an all-world player. I get that. So for me, number 12. Yep. Will Shields. Well, okay. Well, well, but okay. Well, there, he wasn't that great in college. I mean, he was okay. He was still really good, but yeah. you look at people are going to tend to look at the Pro Bowls more before what he did in college. That's true. There were some guys that were more, I guess, system linemen that Nebraska had that were really good in college. I think just look, couldn't make the transition. Looking to the NFL. at some of the lists that I was like not going off, I wasn't like, oh, they had them at two, so I'm going to put mine at two. But going off some of the other lists I had, I, now that I think about it, I think they were not necessarily relying only on Nebraska stuff. They may have been looking at, well, look what he did after Nebraska, which I think you're right is where people tend to look. But it's because he had such a such a long career, at least as you know, what 10, 10, 11 years as, as a lineman in the NFL, which is he had 12 pro bowls. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was more than that. Yeah. Oh, he retired in uh Oh five, right? Something like that. Oh six. I think Oh six. Yeah. He but he it. retired his last season. He was still a pro bowler. Yeah. He's one of those guys that retired. His last game was in the pro bowl. That's yeah. That's something. So, uh, 12, I have Roger Craig. I didn't have him, which was really difficult on the list at all. No, which was really difficult okay. to leave him off. But, um, yeah, I felt like, I felt like I had him a little high every time I kept looking at it. But. If I if I had a list of greatest Nebraska players in the pro, like based on their pro career, mm-hmm. maybe top five, honestly. Yeah, well, one of the greatest receiving running. He was like a poor man's Marshall Falk in that sense, mm-hmm. which yeah. is still a pretty rich man. So, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't think Marshall Falk's very poor. Um, and, and like you said, is that's a little high. And again, it's one of those players that you look at that. He was, he was great at Nebraska, but the career after Nebraska is kind of um, where people tend to look. But um, I, I I thought he deserved to be on the list. But, yeah, I I, I fought for some of these, like, middle middle ones. But mm-hmm. to 11. All right. 11? Mm-hmm. Maybe my favorite Cornhusker of all time. Do you want to take a guess at who I'm talking about? Alex Henry. No. Uh-huh. Lawrence Phillips. 
Okay, we're yeah, we're about on the same wavelength here. He he really his number one season was his. I think it was yeah his sophomore, sophomore. year. Sophomore year. Um, when was a freshman, he, he had like 600 yards or something like that. Yeah, too. if he played all the way, his talent level, if he, what's really sad too, with Lawrence Phillips, people, oh he was, oh some people say he was a thug and it, he grew up in like the worst situation and with as poor of mental health care and the mental health issues that he had Mm -hmm. it's really sad that if he played today i feel like he could have gotten the help to keep going but he just couldn't shake that like his past off of him i feel talent wise he may have talent wise he was the best running back oh yeah it's not even close um and i feel that if he talent wise was he a heisman yeah, I kind yeah, of feel if like he it. would have had a like a full. I I mean I think he, his sophomore year he, he had, played the whole if year. He played right? his senior year. If he junior year, if he played that whole year, or his senior year, if he stayed for a senior year, because didn't he open one of the first games with like two hundred rushing yards? No, and like yeah. three touchdowns. Yeah, it's like oh, and not only that, but he was he like they said in that documentary, he was a speed back when you needed him to be. Yeah, he was a scat back when you needed him to be, and he was a goal line power back when you needed him to be. He was just everything. And the problem was the problem was he just couldn't shake. Yeah, what he saw growing up. Yeah, and the the other part, obviously, there were questionable decisions of him like being on the team still. Um, from I from honestly, the perspective of To, but honestly, I totally get that decision. But yeah, I mean, like, they, I think that's one of the that's one of the bravest things ever. I I also think they knew. Obviously, they knew more of what was going on than the rest of the general public. So mm-hmm. they they knew what they were. They didn't just go. Mm, let's just throw them out there. Whatever. They, what like they like To said if. If he was going on to be, you know, some going into like the world, if they knew he was going to be going off and he'd be okay without football, he would have been off the team. But Dio yeah. said it was best for him to keep playing football because they didn't know where he'd be going outside of it. That was the only thing keeping out of him, him out of some serious uh, situations. And yeah. yeah, Lawrence Phillips just is a huge, probably the biggest, we could say is maybe the biggest what if in Nebraska history. Yeah. Um, number eleven, we already talked about him. Rich Glover for me. Um, just I think I have him. A, yeah, probably a few spots. If you get twenty two tackles in a game as an offensive tackle. <laughs> you're I you're totally almost get, top ten. Yeah, you. I get that. Uh, who's your number ten? Grant Wistrom. Okay. Them, you know, I like, know you have a lot of offensive linemen in your top ten, so that's mm-hmm. why I, I'm not going to question ten ten and on because again, there are a lot of movable pieces oh yeah and so um, yeah grant wistrom uh best defensive lineman on the best defensive line nebraska's ever had gotta put him in the top 10 uh number 10 we we briefly mentioned him maybe a little high like i said i'm going through this list now not like proofreading i'm I, i'm not saying i made mistakes here but they're it's just so fluid with everybody that like even listening to yours it's like oh wow maybe i could have switched something around i'm um, the same way yeah irving fryer at 10 um maybe a little high but I don't, honestly no. I I feel thirteen was a little bit low. I, I kind of looking through it for me, but so I get it. He was the first. I think he yeah. He was the first wide receiver to be drafted number one, and he was the first uh, overall number one draft pick out of Nebraska, or at least in the modern era. They might have yeah, had some. I, they might have had some guy he was in seven, drafted in eighty four. It would have been the eighty four draft. Yeah, and he because he was part of that scoring explosion. But um, yeah, I think they might have had one like 
number one overall pick in like 1824 where they drafted him for a cow Guy chamberlain they drafted oh. him for like a cow when the daughter's wife was his salary or something like that oh my but, God. um but no in the modern era it was irving fryer was the first and he deserved it too so i i get the number 10 pick so number nine for you that's where i put alex henry Oh, wow. Just okay. because I really wanted to not have any positional bias on this. And he's the greatest. You could say he's the greatest kicker in college I'm, football history. I mean, he, he is. And he was not only that, he was an amazing punter, too. Probably the See, best punter we've ever had. Maybe behind Darren Erstad. And like, but no, seriously. He was, no, I know. I, I'm not saying I'm not taking anything funny, away from Erstad. Number eight, Darren Erstad. This is funny that Darren Erstad was football player. I know. You, you like laugh about it, but then you realize like, wow, he had an MLB career and he was probably one of the best punters in college history or not college history but at least nebraska history um my thing with and i said it earlier is like you you normally when you think about it it's like you have a punter and then you have a place kicker that also is your kickoff guy Mm -hmm. alex henry was i I say rare breed but i don't think it's that rare but he's so he's not a rare breed it's it was uncommon even up to that point that your punter was the same as your place kicker Mm -hmm. um because I mean, the the difference was is Audi Kanalik could like was a place kicker, but he did so well when it came to kickoffs mm-hmm. that you had like, to find a spot for him. It's like we're not going to waste his leg, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like Alex Henry was better, um, better suited to kick if it was either you know a punt or if it was straight off the ground for a field goal. Audi Kanalik was just better off the tee. So um, no, arguably the best. I guess you'd call him a two-way kicker, but one of the best best kickers in college uh, history, and, and definitely the best in Nebraska history. And that's that's with you know both the Brown brothers that kicked here, and yeah. So I I think it's high, but I get I get the reasoning behind it too. Mm-hmm. Um, number nine was Lawrence Phillips for me. Yeah. Um, I God, I'd love to have him higher, but he because, just like you said, it's the biggest what if. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know he was a he was a high draft pick too. Yeah, he was um, sixth overall. Mm-hmm. And in uh, what was a NFL ninety eight? I don't know which one, but he's like this because of his college career. He's the second best running back in the game behind Barry Sanders. <laughs> it's my <laughs> one of my favorite favorite ratings ever. And and I, he could have had yeah, an even better um, pro career. I think too. I think one more year at Nebraska probably would have served him well. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I'd like to have him higher because I honestly think he is. If if we're looking at running backs as a whole, he's probably. I mean, he's top five for sure. He's top three probably, at least in talent wise. Uh, maybe not accomplishments, but um, uh, yeah. So I, I I put him at number nine, and I, I think right around the top ten is where he deserves. Yeah, to be, and I get so. that. All right, number eight. Yep, Mike Rozier. Okay. Oh, well, oh. Does he feel that's a little low? Only because I'm looking at my list and it's low compared to mine. Okay. But. Well, I have him at eight, and it's just that's one of those things where there's just seven better players. He just, I ha- he's the highest running back on here, and Nebraska's had a long list of great running backs. It's hard to like and leave and any so of it's them really, off. That's and the it's, thing. And it's yeah, and it's you really, can make a top twenty-five list of just really, running backs. And it really killed me to put him at eight, but then I look at I'm like I got to move him forward, and then I look at my who you're moving top seven, and I'm like I can't do it. So. Eight's a Mon Green for me, um, mm-hmm. just as kind of a, you know, obviously you and I didn't really get to watch him play at Nebraska, um, but getting to watch him play in 
in the pros and kind of hearing about like what he did while he was at Nebraska and just again you can make a top 25 list of just running backs you can reasonably put I mean not all of them in the top 10 but you can put a lot of guys in the top 10 but Amon Green was was very close as far as uh like talent ability wise as Lawrence Phillips he just had a better career in Nebraska I get that and so number seven now this is where I kind of disagree with you with one of your earlier picks. My number seven is Trev Aldridge. Okay. People kind of seem to forget about him over time, but he was the best when he played. He was kind of like a um, a Gary Carter. I had to throw it in. I completely forgot. I just that was really forced. But anyway, um, Trev Alberts was uh, linebacker of the year, only Nebraska linebacker to win that award, and you know a highly touted uh, NFL prospect, but. I mean, it didn't pan out, but it just says something that all eyes were on him when people wanted a linebacker at the next level. And he just, he was the MVP on that 93 team that, that kind of sort of should have won the national championship. But that's, that's, that's besides the point. And then he killed football at UNO. Um. <laughs> then he made basketball like watchable for the yeah, UNO too. Yeah, so. that's true. And their hockey's still pretty good. The, anyways. They're D1 now, so. They are well. The hockey always was, but the, but, whole, I mean, pro- the whole program. The whole program is, yeah. yeah, you're right. Uh, number seven, Dave Remington. I don't. I looking at it now after where you put Shields and where I have Remington. I I could have switched these two around, um, but wait, you have. Uh, oh, we'll figure it out eventually. But I'm assuming that you I have can just Shields I, ahead of Remington at six at seven okay. and six. So that's your so your six is uh, six is Will Shields. Yeah, yeah, but and and part of it, I guess, is like you said, you look at it and it's. NFL career, and that's kind of just what jumps out. Dave Remington, I mean, there's a damn trophy named after him. Exactly. There, there's a reason and why. That's why I had him higher, but this is, yeah, it's the Remington Trophy. Yeah, like you don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't have a. They don't have a Thunder Collins Trophy. They give it out to the best players. Uh, they have a Thunder's Collins Trophy. Uh, it's it's <laughs> best third when, best third string line. That's ba- when you're riding in the back of a paddy wagon on a Friday night. Um, who's your number six? <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My number six. Um, consistent throughout his career, just like Tony Gwynn, Tommy Frazier. You have... Okay. All right. And like I said, I just have so many line, you know, linemen I know. in my top five. Well, I already told you my six. So. He, he's by far the best quarterback Nebraska's ever had. Again... Even though he did have a pretty good highlight reel. Um, overall play. His overall play, he does not have the numbers. He doesn't have the trophies. But that's just because he did whatever he needed to do to have the team win. And, I, that, and then a lot of times that meant having his super talented team around him have the ball instead of himself. Because he just had to do whatever he needed to do to win. And I think what happens a lot when you look at the perception of Tommy Frazier, especially now, you look back and like we were talking about Berenger earlier, like he won seven straight games while Tommy was out. And so you you break it down, it's like, so was Berenger just that good that he actually could have been the starter over Frazier without having to be that great of a runner? Or was the system and talent set up so well that Tommy was just an added threat when he ran the ball? You know what I mean? So I, I get where you're coming from with it, but arguably, I mean, he, he is the best quarterback they've had. Tommy Armstrong's pretty close, <laughs> but yeah, Tim Lee's pretty close. That's that's he's in my top five. That's disgusting. My thing with Tommy Frazier too, along with a lot of other stuff, 
Um, very athletic. Like I said, smartest quarterback in Nebraska history. Not even close. Maybe smartest player Nebraska's ever mm-hmm. had. Um, yeah, just an incredible IQ. And that says something when an IQ alone boosts you so far up on these rankings. But um, like I said, I know we r- ran the option, but he was the best passer he had in the option era mm-hmm. easily. Oh, yeah. In fact, he was con- um, up until he had the Bug serious. Clock. Yeah. Um, NFL teams were considering drafting him as a quarterback. Um, because he played in the senior bowl game and just lit people up on with uh, through the air and on the ground and mm-hmm. that just says something like he and was that a true was, and, and that, he was a true dual threat quarterback. And those years of football in the NFL, obviously, it's almost all pro style now. But you try to get guys that can kind of move around. Like that era of football was still pretty smash mouth, run the ball. Like mm-hmm. if you had a quarterback that could run, and like was the option big. did still work in the power conference. Like, oh yeah, that says something. Yeah. But, yeah. Who's your number five? We already know my six, so who's your number five? Number five, Dean Steinkuhler. Where did I have him? 17, okay. Just so many awards. Fumble Ruski. I mean, it says something when a guy can, you know, can the score touchdowns. The Steinkuhler award. Guy, I don't, that doesn't ring a bell. When a guy can score touchdowns as an offensive lineman, that's, yeah. that's something. It was the 80s, but, you know, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Um, number five, Grant Wistrom. Uh, you basically already said it. Best best defensive lineman on the best defensive line, at least in Nebraska history. Um, on top of that, like I said, the only the only guy that was behind him was Jason Peter, and that Jason Peter guy is pretty good too. So um, just an absolute threat. He gets drafted sixth overall, um, has a pretty lengthy NFL career, and you look at him now and he could probably still play, to be honest. Um, yeah, he's just, and then you look at, uh, some other people from the same era that it's like, well, maybe not. But then again, <laughs> but then again, think, think you about this. You wouldn't be happy to uh, be talking about, uh, Jason Peter. Would no. You? Oh, no. Okay. No. Just making sure. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> would he never. Looks, he looks great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest though, like I said, it, when you have a lengthy NFL career, like you're going to stay in shape longer than yeah. most people. Grant Wisham just. An, an absolute terror of, of a defensive lineman. So, all right. So, number four, Sue. Same. Sue just, yep. He, I wanted to put him like two or three, but what hasn't been said about Donald Kong Sue that hasn't been said about God? <laughs> uh, I don't think God was the fourth best defensive line <laughs> in 2009. Well, I mean, you just, they ran the, they ran the dime. Because they just knew that their run game was already covered with just just and, because of one player, and it's be, and it was so funny because they came out of like you know we're coming out with this defense called the peso. It's what we're gonna run. It's like no, you're just running something because Sue is your line, and it doesn't matter who else is out there with him. And it was Sue alone was like the best defense. Like what was this the statistics? <laughs> he was, he was, he like, was in the top four of def- all defensive lines. Not just not just individuals, but defensive lines. His yeah. statistics alone. He, it was him. Uh, Alabama. Texas, Alabama, and USC, maybe, uh, or someone else. You heard it here. Nadam Kung Su is as good as Alabama's defense. Uh, yeah. Um, and the thing with that is he had like the most blocked field goals than some defensive lot, like whole lines. He had more sacks than some of the, like it's just it was incredible. Like yeah, watching he, him play was he could be higher than four, but watching him play is what really turned me into a true Nebraska fan. Also, I mean. 
the moment that he should have been handed a Heisman is when he intercepted that ball off of Hawkins and he's running down. The guy tries to tries to tackle him, he just shoves his head into the ground. Oh, that was that was unbelievable. So all right. So yeah, could be higher, four. but four is four number is a good four spot. Is two. Yeah. Number three, that's where I'm gonna put Dave Remington. Okay. The Remington trophy, best center in Nebraska history, maybe the best center in college football history. Like I said, it's a trophy named after him. So that's why I got him at number three. Johnny very Ru- good, very good interim AD, by the way. Yeah, wasn't. I mean, that was the thing is like there wasn't going to be much that he could or couldn't do as like an interim AD. I don't know what they're allowed to do. Like he wasn't going to go start firing people. Like I want Ursad gone, get him out of here. But well, I was really hoping that like he just sit down and was like, "Hey Tim, you're gone. He's done." <laughs> He's like puts his hand on his shoulder. Tim, it's not working out. Honestly, I think that goal of interim ads is to just have someone sit in the office so it doesn't look like complete chaos is going to break out just, just you and just me to throw throwing up, like a, a tennis ball off the wall seriously just to fill up space i probably could have done it too i could have saved face for two months i mean yeah and just kicked my feet up drank a cup of coffee and just started throwing a ball against the wall have someone take pictures of me to prove that i was trying like Trying to do a job. I'm, I've got readers on. And I don't need them, but I'm like trying to. I have fake reading glasses on. <laughs> Wonder what this says. Oh, this is just the lunch menu. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a takeout menu for Jimmy John's. What can I get for this? All right. Eight dollars. So what's your number three? Uh, number three is Johnny Rogers. Um, again, arguably you could put it higher, but um, Heisman Trophy winner, game of the century, one of the best punt returners of all time. Um, up until last year, still held the receiving record um, that was broken by um, Stanley Morgan, which is kind of like crazy to think about because you, you think of all the receivers that happened like during the Gans era and the Zach Taylor era. But at the same time, they had so many of them that they just had plenty of options. And I think that's how it's always been in Nebraska history is like, oh, well, we have four guys that can reasonably catch, you know, 25 to 50 balls in a year like it just it, it there was never a year until even last year which i felt like it was kind of forced to a point but there was never a year where one guy was the main target and when rogers played that he kind of was and my thing too is that national champion also stanley but, morgan he's going to finish his career as one of the best wide receivers in oh, yeah. history top five no question and especially like even statistics wise too mm-hmm. but the thing with rogers they didn't pass as much right Nowhere near as much as what uh, they did with, last year, as they did with Morgan. <laughs> yeah, but Rogers was just so good with, and this is just not this is not including his unbelievable returns. Just with Rogers, you just look at his pure receiving statistics. A lot of that was because he was so amazing with yards after the catch. Oh yeah, he, like if you watch his highlight videos, he was a receiving back essentially. That's I mean that's what mm-hmm. he was. Yeah, he was a wing back. Right, and he yeah is, but I think. And I have him my number two. Okay. The reason why is Johnny Rogers, Nebraska football wouldn't exist without two people. That's Bob Devaney and Johnny Rogers. Mm-hmm. Rogers was the best player on their uh, two national championship teams. He mm-hmm. made it exciting. And not only that, but he had the personality and he was just one of the most exciting football players. At that time, he was one of the most exciting football players, one of the most explosive players that Nebraska had ever seen. And without him, just Nebraska football wouldn't be Nebraska football. And also, it's it's incredible to think that the receiving, like I said, with all the wide receivers that Nebraska has had, that the receiving yards in a year wasn't broken in, until 
what uh, 46 years later something like that and then the all-purpose for a freshman which spielman broke also wasn't broken for like 46 years so like it's it's just incredible that he held those records for so long when you when you look at like you said we're going through this list it's so fluid look at all the names of people that you could put on reasonably put on this list um also johnny rogers is at three because i held his heisman trophy but all right so what's your number two rogier i know it's a little high but i i am a very yeah, running I don't, back heavy um, guy. I'm a very offensive heavy guy when it comes to specialists, and I think that's you can kind of tell in the off, uh, my my list here. Um, but I again Heisman Trophy winner and probably the probably the best running back in Nebraska history. So yeah, why do you have him ahead of Rodgers? Again, that that one was kind of just a judgment call. Two. It's, can it be 2A and 2B? I mean, they, they both – they're interchangeable because I, I needed to have – I mean, I wasn't going to reasonably put Crouch at – you know, do the Heisman Trophies 1, 2, 3. Um, but but no sane person would put Eric Crouch out of Tommy Frazier. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Or, so, but, but you can put – I think my thing – And we with, talked about oh, this sorry. the other day. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But Yeah, you did. The, yeah, I did. Um like we said this the other day too, like you wouldn't put Crouch above Frazier, but you can easily put Crouch above Frost when it comes to a Husker career just mm-hmm. because Frost was basically only here for a year and a half. So um, that's all I had to say. Yeah, I just think the difference is Rozier just didn't do what he – for the the program's history, yeah. he just didn't do the same. No, I, I, I agree. And like I said, I some of these I look at and I go, I could have dropped this. So this I'm guessing that your that. number one is – Frazier. Well, I haven't said his name yet, so. But I'm yeah. gonna guess. All right. Mine, as you can't, as you can probably tell on my list, I'm big on someone that does the dirty work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a finesse guy. For me, my number one, greatest offensive lineman, one of the greatest offensive linemen in college and pro football history, Bob Brown is my number one. I uh, which one? Bob Brown. <laughs> They got they got drafted right after each other, or like in the same draft. The one both that's Bob the ones that's both in the college and pro football hall of fame. <laughs> that one, yeah, that one. Um, it was funny because I was looking at, uh, I was looking like I said, I made, I was making my list last night. I was looking just at players that had been drafted to get like an idea of what eras I should be looking into, mm-hmm. and it was like Bob Brown, whatever first round this pick, and then the second pick in that draft for the Huskers was like third round whatever pick bob brown that's like okay hold on let's dial this back a little bit one was offense one was defense but unless it was the same guy they're like but okay we're gonna draft him but he's gonna play defensive line for us instead but um i i can't say you're wrong because you don't know as much as i do that's why what's that you don't know as much as i do And that concludes the history of chasing history. That that concludes. That's our series finale. <laughs> you just, just I'm gonna start wailing on you over there. Um, the outro. You just hear me getting punched <laughs> <laughs> over to the sweet, sweet sounds of Johnny Guitar Watson. Um, like I said, the list is so fluid that you give a valid reason, you can put anybody anywhere. So I, I mean. You listed 25 guys. I listed, well, 28. I guess we both had technically 28. And 
there's so many we missed that could have made it onto the list. Just, so it's like many. I said, one of the richest programs in college football history. And it'd be the same as if you're like, okay, who are the best players? I could do and a top 50 and I'd have to make painful cuts. It's, that's yeah, you'd, you'd get to 49 you're like, wow, is this, can I even, is this insane? Yeah, yeah. 50, like, what, okay. Then you expand it to top 100 and like, okay, hold on. Some uh, Bleach Report did a top 50, 50 yeah. and I started looking through it and I was like, oh, there's too many here. I can't like... I can't go through all these because then I'll then I'll really start questioning who I put on my list. So yeah, I just I just chose not to look at that at all. So I, I, after I typed my out, I was like, okay, I didn't touch it. I was just like, this, I'm leaving it and I'm walking away from it. So, um, I like your list though. It's a good list. We had pretty much the same players for the most part, just mm-hmm. different spots. So I don't. I don't yours, blame you. yours was all right, I guess. Okay. <laughs> It's been a while since I've heard this song. It's been too long since I've last heard this song. I'm only playing because I want you to be done talking. Uh, Alright, let's just, let's just listen to this. I think we should just have this on loop for an hour. That should be our show. We'd get more listeners that way. Alright, so there's our top 25 Nebraska list. Uh, we'll get this thing loaded up. Thanks for listening. This thing! Uh, this thing. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we're back on Karen You Live. Um, if not... I don't know what we'll do. You guys probably didn't miss us anyways. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're voluntarily listening to this. This is your fault, so. (laughs) Wait for it. Yeah. All right. He's Jake Lars. I'm Colton Stone. This has been Chasing History. Uh, Like I said, hopefully we'll be back on live next week at 10 a.m. Thanks Uh, for listening. Tweet at us, KRNU Chasing Hist, and uh, tell us why we're wrong. All right, I'm Colton Stone, he's Jake Larson, thanks.